gotta play us. That's what I'm about to say. They gotta fucking play us, baby. Let's go. They I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the AFC champion, ass-beaten of the Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 1,986 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to the channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you got something you really want us to put up, a question you have set for Centauri on film study or something you disagree with him, because sometimes people disagree with him. You should follow his Twitter. It's good. Give me a super chat. I greatly appreciate it. Now I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out your website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And, of course, always brought to you by the one and only delicious Jackpot Joey Beer. It's not only delicious, but, like I said, it's award-winning. Won the American Light Ale Lager of the Year. So make sure you check it out. It is getting to be everywhere. I just got tweeted back from... Uh, Kroger uh, about two days ago. I'm trying to get it in the Kroger everywhere. So they said they're going to send it to the marketing team and yada, yada, yada. So 
Hopefully, it'll be coming to a Kroger near you. But I know it's a Jungle Gyms, Cork and Bottle, and there's hundreds of other places it is, and it is in Kentucky as we speak. Now, this Sunday, me and my boy Dale Allman and Orange Air are going to be in the Beth Fred Suites watching the Bengals kick the Brownies' ass. I can't wait. Now, if you have not heard, sports betting is going to be legal here in the great state of Ohio here come January 1st. And if you haven't done it yet, please sign up down there. BetfredSports.com slash Ohio slash Bengals underscore boys to sign up there. They have a chance to win Bengals tickets. So if you sign up here soon, you might have a chance to hang out in the suite with us this coming Sunday. Not only that, they give you a $20 free bet come January 1st. You can double that down. The Bengals win the Super Bowl, which uh, we're on a heater, which I told Satori last week. We're on a heater, and he didn't believe me, but we're on a heater. Sorry. All right, I got to say. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoy that. Now, one other thing I forgot to put up is the uh, Jackpot Joey, I had the beer, the banner, or the, uh, excuse me, the merchandise. If you guys want any of the hats, or I was saying the hat, but the flags, hats, hoodies, shirts, anything like that, go to jackpotjoey9.com. Portion of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Fund. So we are very happy to uh, have donated a lot of money. We are, uh, I'm, I'm, Maddie's in the chat. He can probably tell you how many, how much money we have actually donated and uh it's it's getting it's getting pretty high uh, for three guys basically doing this i'm i'm pretty proud of it myself so make sure you go to jackpotjoey9.com all right let's get to it we got we guys are here for film study we're here for the one and only centauri what up man how we doing? We're on a heater. We're on a heater. I told you so. I told you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> never said we weren't on a heater. You said, okay, if you want to call it that. I'm like, that's what I would call it. <laughs> I just hadn't heard that term in a while. That's why I said it. I'm old. Shut up. <laughs> oh, goodness. So what's going on, man? Nothing much. Just been watching a lot of film now that I finally got internet back in my life. That's good. That's good. I, I like you because you know, I'm glad you're watching a lot of film because, you know, that's what we're here for. So before we get into that, what what was you were at the game and you actually had a pretty cool person you got to sit next to. Well, close to uh, what was that like? And and Bagels of Bourbon thinks you're you're a football savant, now, you know, so let, let's get let's get to a little bit of the story you're telling me before, you know, as much as you want to tell before uh, we uh, keep going here. I mean, I was, uh, I guess, incredibly lucky enough to sit. uh like a seat behind Elizabeth Blackburn. I lucked in the tickets right behind her season tickets. So um, she was actually sincerely one of the nicest people I'd got to talk to. Um, and she was fired up the entire game. Um, <laughs> but she was just like everybody else, you know, when, when Boyd dropped the the deep fade, you know, she did, she didn't yell or cuss or anything, but you could tell, you know, she wasn't happy <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Um, she said that bull bleep. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. I don't think she said anything. It, it was more of a than than anything. But you know, she was uh she was definitely feeling the energy, um, willing to talk, take pictures, you know, whatever. Um, it was her, uh, some of her family, and you know, a lot of her friends just sitting up there. It was um, I, I always used to say when I would watch Mark Cuban that I wish I had an owner that sat in the stands with the fans, and I kind of have that now. So yeah. that was. And I was, you know, got to personally witness it. And I was like, this is kind of neat that, you know, it's, it, it was one of those things where 
you know, you could tell she was a fan and it wasn't like you, you wouldn't have picked her out of that section and said, oh, yeah, she's in the executive office with this team. Right. You just thought she was anybody else. Right. And the thing is that they're so she's so down to earth. I mean, I, I've only talked to her a couple of times, not, not not real long conversations or anything, but she's she never big time. Show. Like, you know, she never is like, oh, you know, I'm 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 one of the you know, one of the executives here. I'm you know, my dad, my grandpa owns a team. I mean, you know, right. I don't ever get that vibe from actually any of them. I've met Troy. I've met Katie. None of them. I remember last year I was in the pro shop and Troy and Katie walking in the pro shop. I'm like, hey, how you guys doing? And they talked to me for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I was like, you guys mind getting a picture taken? And Katie goes, you don't want a picture of me. I said, sure I do. So I got a picture with them. And that's that's what's so cool about they're 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 very down to earth, normal people, and I think that's that a lot with the way the Bengal players are too. And like I said, I had I had uh, the Brits on Saturday, Ken Taylor Brits, and uh, and his family, and th- I met them Sunday. They got to hang out with us at the tailgate and have a good time. They're as down to earth as anybody, and that I always find that refreshing because you always hear about how athletes always. You know, they, they get the money, they get the fame, they you know, all this stuff. They're like, oh, you know, we're, we're above here. I don't ever get that with any of the Bengals players or executives. Yeah, and it's uh, it was ironic because I was talking to my dad and I was, you know, she was, you know, very willing to talk to me, especially, you know, after they had just won. You know, I if I was in her shoes, I'd been like, OK, I got to get down to the clubhouse or to, you know, mom or grandpa or whoever in that scenario. I, I'd have been starting to bolt. I mean, I remember when we won our state championship, when I coached, my first thought was get down to the field because I was right. up in the booth for that game. And I was like, I, I got to go. Like I was hauling ass. That I, I didn't high five anybody. I didn't. Congr- I was just, go. Hauling, <laughs> I was just trying to get back with my team. Right. Um, and like fireworks are going off. They're playing sweet victory uh, from SpongeBob, which is yeah. <laughs> kind of a funny touch. Great song. Great song. And I was like, Hey, do you have a minute? She's like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, no, Grant, it was like, screaming do you have a minute because it's so damn do you have a minute i want to talk to you now this this is the burning question now fiji here said he asked me he said when are you going to get her on your show i said i haven't had a chance to do that now i did ask and tori i said did you did you ask her to come on your show i mean that would have been like one of the things i would have i would have brought up but you didn't no no i um I, I had a couple things that I, I had wanted to, to say to her for the last couple months. I, it was one of those things, like, if I ever get the chance to meet her in person, I, I had a couple things I wanted to say, and I had the opportunity. Nothing mean or, you know, ridiculing well, <laughs> or anything. Well, that's good. Um, I'm just waiting to get this off my chest to you. <laughs> no, um, much more the opposite. Awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to take that moment to actually have a small heartfelt conversation with someone she has no idea who I am. Um, and she was very willing to do that. So if you're out there watching it, I appreciate it. Of course she is. I'll, I'll have them watch my show. I mean, come on. This, this ice man, man. You know, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But yeah, that, that sounds like I saw the picture. I'm like, oh, dude, that is so cool. I knew she, I, I didn't know she, her tickets were up there. I knew her and her sister hang out up there. I didn't know they actually had tickets up there. Those are season tickets. Wow. That's for, I mean, that's, that's the thing. They're not sitting in a the box. They're not, hell, they're not sitting down by me. They're not sitting at the 50 yard line. They're up in the in the uh, the canopy area. They're yeah, up I won't, the I won't the say the section because I don't want people to be right, hunting, right. Yeah, looking right, yeah. for her. But yeah, let let them figure that out. We don't have to. We don't yeah. have to totally totally out her. <laughs> yeah. but it, I but can tell you the section, the row, the seat. Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I know exactly where she is. You guys all swarm there next week. No, right? No, we're not. We're not putting that out there. But that's that's still that's cool that they're up there. I mean, they're uh, I, they're, they're up there. It was cold. 
We'll put it that way. <laughs> I think it's colder up there than what was down by, by us. You guys got that wind coming through the through the top there. Yeah, for sure. But no, it was, uh, it was a very, very pleasant experience. Um, very, very thankful that I had the opportunity to to talk to her. That's awesome. Yeah, Fiji. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the show is on Mr. Brown in Mr. Brown's office right now. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Mike Brown is going. All right, on everybody out. Ice is on. No, 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 no trade talk, no nothing. We're watching ice. (laughs) I I know people kind of know about this, but this is, um, it's not a secret and anybody can do it. Um, But Mr. Brown obviously has a, uh, Mr. Brown, Mike Brown, obviously has a very, uh, we'll call it controversial reputation in our city. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that don't like him. Um, And that was kind of part of my conversation with Elizabeth. Um, but one thing that if, if you're not aware of, um, he's very personable. And if you mail him a letter, he will write you back like clockwork within 48, 72 hours. He'll have it as fast as the United States Postal Service can. It'll be handwritten. He'll answer almost all of your questions. It'll be right back in your mailbox. That's awesome. That man is highly accessible. It, it, granted, it's a little bit of an older way, but that's his way of doing it. And right. he will he will write back. 80 something years old yeah he probably he probably doesn't do emails and stuff very well he's not you know sending out like instagram reels to fans he's not on cameos (laughs) he's not tiktok or nothing like that (laughs) no but you know i i've had a couple attempts to get a hold of the the brown and blackburn family and both have been super easy and they've been more than kind um which growing up as a kid with the records that the Bengals were having it was kind of like man i can't stand this guy and um, you know, this is terrible. I want new ownership, w- whatever I was saying as a kid. We all went through that. Um, yeah. as time has progressed and, you know, people are easier to access now than they were 20 years ago, easily. I don't think anybody would argue that. No. Um, and, and they've kind of come into the forefront of the city. They're truly some of the nicest people I've ever met. And I think they were some of the most mislabeled and misunderstood people in this entire city. Um, and I'd always read stuff from like Paul Dockery saying that he's super nice. I'd always read stuff from reporters that actually get his ear and can interview him in the office that he's one of the nicest guys on the planet. Um, and I was like, there's no fucking way. But the just the couple conversations I've got to have with the family, they've been fantastic. So, Absolutely. I mean, the, the time, like I said, you've actually had a sit down. Mine's more of their walking you know, from practice field to, to the office or whatever. I, I might get them to stop and talk for, for like, you know, a minute or something, but this time they, they do. And, you know, and Mike Brown, he, he, he I've got him to stop one time because <laughs> he's on his golf cart driving in, but you know, he's, he's been very nice. And you, you can hear it from ex players, the ex players like Pac-Man Jones, Tom Wilcox, you know, Boomer. These They're guys are very grateful. Brown. They, they love, love Mike Brown. Yeah. I, I think the misconception was that he didn't want to win and that's right. just not true. He wanted to win, and he wants to win just as much as anybody else in this entire city. Trust me on that. Um, he was trying to win the way his father wanted to win. And mm-hmm. from my understanding, his dad didn't like big, splashy free agency moves. His dad – He voted against it. He didn't yeah, want it. His, his dad believed in grooming talent from the ground up. And, you know, I, I think after quite a long run of it not exactly working – he finally gave in and you're seeing the result of him giving in and changing his ways. So it's never that he didn't want to. I think he just wanted to do it and do right by his dad, which I understand completely wanting to do right by your dad. So I'll, I'll never fault him for that. 
Um, did it take him a little longer than I would have liked? Sure. But am I happy that I'm in the spot oh, I am dude. now? hundred percent. I mean, I, and, I, and here's I, the deal. If it, if I, you know, Mike Brown's still in charge and then it goes to, you know, Katie and Troy, and then it goes to Elizabeth, Elizabeth's 28. Like I am, if they're going to be holding the reins for the next 60 years, you're in good hands because mm-hmm. they get it. Cause the, exactly. the fact that it wasn't like a gradual change either. It, it was not a gradual change. They they flipped the script 100% with what they wanted to do and how to approach things, and it went. We're back. Yep, I'm here. Go ahead. Keep going. Did Stupid you hear anything I said? No, I, I the screen went the screen went black. I, I heard if, you know if Elizabeth takes it over, we'll be in good hands. That's that's last time. Well, well, what I was going to say is the the family once they've kind of switched to a more modern approach to building a team, right? Um, you saw instant results, so they knew exactly what they needed to do to make this a modernized team. They understand what's with the times, so to say. So once they got with the times, you're in a Super Bowl in 18 months. So if those are the people that are going to be constantly constantly monitoring and going with us, you've got nothing to worry about as long as you get the right pieces. All right. And one, one thing I say from a, a older lifelong Bengals fan, I mean, like I said, I remember both Super Bowls, the whole decade of the 90s. For me, that the whole 90s completely sucked as far as being a Bengals fan. It was horrible. And I still sat there and watched every game that I could that was on TV. I didn't see the tickets then because halftime they were they were blacked out. Going through all that, listening to all the crap I've gotten my whole life, to ESPN, Fox, all these guys saying Jackpot Joey Burrow doesn't want to come to Cincinnati. He's he, it's a horrible organization. It's this, yada, yada, yada. Going through all that to what we're going through right now, I am enjoying the hell out of it. And to me, right now. When we win the Super Bowl this year, I'm like I said, speaking to her fruition. When we win it, I wouldn't change a damn thing. It sucked, but I'm going to like last year. I enjoyed so much. I'm going to when we win the Super Bowl, I'm going to enjoy it even more because of what we went through. I mean, what other what other fan base has went through what the Bengal fan base has went through over the last thirty years? You know, I mean, name one. Not not many. Yeah, I mean, the only one I could kind of think of <clears throat> before uh, they got good is, is the Patriots. I mean, Patriots went before Tom Brady and, and, and Belichick. They went to two Super Bowls. That's it. They weren't a great, you know, franchise. They were an okay, okay franchise, kind of like the Bengals. They went to two Super Bowls before we got uh, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. Now, we went to one already. We'll see how many we go to. That's the only other comparison. I'm not, and I'm not comparing us to, to New England. I'm not saying we're going to go to, you know, win seven Super Bowls. I'm just saying as far as the history of what, uh, New England football was compared to what it is now. Right. That's the project for me. That's the trajectory we're on. I don't know if we're on seven. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as far as from there to here. And it's a journey that not a lot of fans can handle. I mean, we had a lot of Bengals fans jump. They left like, screw it. I'm going to be Steelers fans. I'm going to be Colts fans. I'm going to go root for the Patriots. I'm fans like me, fans, fans like Bengal Jim and Tony Tiger and, and my boy Dale and Derek and you and all of us, we stuck with them. And well, I, I don't know awesome. if you can super include me in that list. I mean, my, <laughs> I didn't start watching till 2002 when I was eight. Well, there you go. Well, I'm man. a spring chicken. 
so I, I didn't I was fortunate enough to miss that entire decade. You know, my my boy wants wants me to add him, but he wasn't alive in the '90s. So yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, since he's been alive, they went to more playoff games than, than they did way before that. So yes, we 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 include Ice uh, Prince Ice there, but I mean that that's just something that I think is very unique. And to get where we're at, like I said, it sucked. It was horrible. I hated it, but it makes me enjoy this even more. And and I don't. I hope. I don't take this for granted. I hope Bengal fans don't take this for granted. You know, I think I, uh, I think I annoy the hell out of my dad <laughs> every single day. I'm like, do you understand how blessed and lucky we are right, right now? Like we, well, look, look at the Reds. I'm sorry. Look at the Reds. That's, that's the other professional team we have in here. Look, look what they're doing. Well, I mean, I just remember everybody oohing and gooing over the 2005 team. And granted, that was the oh. first halfway decent team they had had in Since 20 years. Right? Yeah. Right. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, this 2015 team's great. They started 8-0, and Andy was looking great. And I'm like, still Andy. I don't know. And now you've got this. And I'm like, this is completely different. Like, <laughs> like you know, this is uh, – you need to really, really, really appreciate this. And I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer here, but this is 100% how this is probably going to go. I would be shocked if Burrow does not win at least one Super Bowl. He's just that kind of guy. He just wills things to happen. I'm not saying you're going to get two and three and four, but I would be shocked if you didn't get at least one. Mm-hmm. When he leaves, the next quarterback you're going to have is probably a situation like the Patriots where you're going to go down to like a Mac Jones or Andy Dalton. when you say he leaves, you mean when he retires, he sits at Bengal. Right. Yeah, okay. But when when his time comes that he's no longer here. Which is which is at least 15 years from now, at least. Unless I, kind of like- I would hope, but you're probably yeah. going to be going down to a, an Andy or a right. Mac Jones right after that. You're not going to get lucky like the Colts did. And go from Manning to Luck, and quite frankly, they had a they had a year there where they had to earn Andrew Luck, right? So, or, or, or the Packers where they went from Favre to, to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that, right. that doesn't so happen. Really, really, really appreciate what you have going on right now. This is not normal. This is not uh, an expectation. This is rarefied air that you're in, and hopefully, it lasts another ten years or so. Um, and then after that, it's probably going to be back to square one. So really, really, really appreciate every single snap that you're seeing from this stuff right now because you don't know when it's going to end, and when it does, it's going to be impeccably hard to duplicate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- these things don't come around often. You, you and, are you're heaven on earth right now. Yeah, you, you are literally you're literally we are literally in the midst of midst of, and I I don't think I'm out of line saying this. Jackpot Joey Burrow being the best quarterback the Bengals have ever had. Oh, here he is. It's yeah, so he already is. I mean, Boomer's even said it that he's better. Ken Anderson said he's better than him. I mean, I, the stuff like I was listening to. Um, oh, what podcast was it last night? I was listening to. I listened to him. I can't remember. But um, oh, oh, it was, it was uh, uh, in the trenches with Dave Lapham and uh, Jim Nance was on there, and he was saying that uh, he had dinner. Well, he didn't have dinner, but he, he he was at Jeff Ruby's place Saturday night, and and the Burrows were there. Jimmy, Jimmy and his mom and, and uh, Joe's mom were there, and he was talking to them, and they're like, "Hey, you know, go see Joe's." Like, no, he's you know doing film study and stuff. We kind of leave him alone. And he goes, "You know, it struck me." He goes, "Because he, he goes, he's he's friends, pretty good friends with Tom Brady Senior." He goes, "Tom Brady's the only other quarterback dad that told me that exact same thing <laughs> that that when they come into town with Tom." They don't really hang out with him too much before the game or whatever. The night before he's film study, he's doing all this. He's like, he's like, 
So that's something right there that it, you don't see. And, and Joe's in his third year. You know, I mean, that's what I'm telling. I, I, I remember telling my in-laws this. I'm like, we got jackpot. Like all, and this is when he got hurt. They're like, oh, he hasn't won anything. I was like, I'm telling you, this kid is different. I was like, I just everything I've heard about, he's different. And that's what we have. And it's so rare and so special that, you know, just just enjoy this. I mean, you, you know, quit all the fighting with each other and all this. Just enjoy being I, Bengals yeah, fans. I don't really give a shit if someone says he's one, two, three, fifth, eighth bank quarterback in the league. I don't care. I know what I got, mm-hmm. and it's gold. So appreciate it. You can rank gold all you want. Gold's gold. And you got it. So appreciate it while you have it. They don't last right. forever. If, if Jackpot, this is Maddie. He says he's meeting Boomer size of February 3rd before the Super Bowl. If you meet him, I'm coming with you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm coming with you. All right. We've rambled on enough here. I know there's lots of comments in there that. Uh, can can you pull up Gregory's there. comment real quick? That last one. This one? Right here? Yeah. So Montana the Young. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does happen. It does and, happen. It does. Um, that happened uh, 30 years ago was the last time we've had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks on the team. It's happened one time in 30 years. Um, so there's your example once. There you go. Uh, okay. you, you might be able to, to say Rodgers, but they had him sitting on the bench ready to rock and roll. Yep. All right, here you go. The channel wants to put this up because I disagree. I think the organization has made a fundamental shift in momentum and style of ownership. They want to win. I think we have people in the office will keep us competitive for years, which I, I don't disagree. With? We're not, yeah, we're not disagreeing with that. The, what we're, what we're saying is you might not draft Joe Burrow. <laughs> right. That's what we're saying. That's I'm, the I'm difference. Saying, Joe Burrow is once a lifetime quarterback. That's what we're saying. So that's Chandler, right? Yes, yeah, Chandler. So Chandler, what I'm saying is um, they're going to keep you competitive and that's awesome. And all's fair in love and war. But the odds of landing another Joe Burrow the year Joe Burrow leaves are astronomically low. That's all I'm saying. It, it could so enjoy Joe it, while it, you have him. Yeah, it has happened. But either way, I'm not even worried about that right now. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. Live for yeah, today. Just, uh, have fun. Ev- every day you need to wake up and thank God that Joe Burrow is your quarterback. <laughs> right. Exactly. Saying. And I, I agree with what I say. I, th- I think the, the organization has fun, like fundamentally changed. I mean, we're signing free agents. We're we're doing stuff that we never know. We, we, we're doing stuff we've never done ever in this organization. I mean, it's 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 a, like I said, it's a fundamental change that they did make, and it's well deserved. I'm I'm very happy they did because if they didn't, Joe might not stay. But they, but they did stay. They did change, and Joe is staying. He's not going anywhere. They're gonna pay him. I'm, I just want to be able to pay everybody. He's else. building a house right now in Anderson. He's not going yes. anywhere. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Exactly. Building building a million dollar house in Cincinnati. Why would he do that if his contract's coming up and he's leaving? Right. Exactly. In this market. Come on. He's not dumb. Exactly. All right. All right. We got the brownies coming up here, but let's for one last time this week, let's roll back to that unbelievable game against the Chiefs. And let's do some film study here. So what you what you got here? We're talking uh Chiefs coverage of the coverage they played on the Bengals, correct? Yeah. So they ran a couple different looks. This one just kind of stuck out to me. Um, it, it's nothing crazy. This is a pretty standard coverage. Um, what I would kind of call it is, uh, hold on, let me get the color right here. Uh, this is cover three sky. Okay. So a lot of times we talk about how coverages are disguised and we talk about how Joe Burrow's reading the disguise. Well, right now, right. If you would look at this coverage for what it is, you have, Pressed up look there. 
You have pressed up look here. You've got a hat on a hat here. Um, you've got kind of a shallow safety who's playing inside leverage and a guy that looks like he might rock back to the middle. So this could be man. Um, he could very well drop back and it'd be two. They definitely have someone in the middle ready to rock and roll. So on first glance, if you just had to kind of guess what it is based on the alignment, you would say it's probably cover one robber with man underneath. Um, what ends up happening though, and this is what tips it off, is, and we see this every single week in the NFL, um, they send Jamar Chase in motion, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you watch Jamar come in motion, no one follows him, okay? So the reason you send somebody in motion is to tell if it's man or zone. No one follows him, it's zone, okay? But what it does is it does bring the safety down in the box a little bit more, okay? So you're getting a true single high look at this point. So at this point, you can say it's either cover one press man, which we know it's not man because he didn't go in motion, right. or it's some kind of variation of a zone. Okay. If it's cover three, that means this guy's going to drop. This guy's going to come over here and you're going to have deep middle, deep third. And one of these two, I believe it's this guy has deep third. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's different variations of cover three. So three just strictly means You've got this split up into two, three different spots. All three spots equally split, one, two, three, right? Um, the issue with cover three is traditionally speaking, you have a hook to curl, a hook to curl, um, and no one in the flat. And a lot of times you bring one extra guy because you can. Um, if you're going to bring someone down into the flat on cover three, a lot of times it's field side, which would be this side. Um, but they bring him down, and he's going to kind of play a flat to hook to curl over here. And he's traditionally a safety, right? So the tag word for that is sky. So you'll hear cover three sky, cover three cloud, cover three buzz. Sky is the safety is playing the flat. Cloud is the corners playing the flat. Buzz is the backers playing the flat. So this is a cover three sky look. Um, the issue with that is you've got nobody that's going to be playing this window over here. Okay. And that's the weak spot in a cover three sky. Joe knows that. The linebackers know that. You know who else knows that? Pirine. Mm -hmm. Because he bleeds out. Do you see anyone in this spot right here? Nope. Okay. When you're able to recognize coverages ahead of time, and by the way, like we said, you've got a deep third, a deep third, and a deep third. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> when you're able to recognize coverages like that, and you've got time, all you have to wait is for one person to sit down in the sweet spot of his zone. And you let P. Ryan go. Jackpot P. Ryan. <laughs> so you'll kind of see this on the flip uh, view here when we go to the tight. So you've got your safety walk down. He's got a flat. He probably should have got a little bit more diagonal, but he kind of still sits over here. Right. This guy also didn't get very far. This entire half of the field Somebody is there. almost uncovered. Somebody I don't know there. if that's by design. Uh, or if these linebackers just didn't quite know their responsibility enough. Um, but first and foremost, I always want to give credit to the line where the lines do. Joey has a lane to step up. He's already flipped the ball out. And Pirine's got nothing but green there you to go. go in front of him. So that's more or less how you break a cover three, is you just wait for one of those flats to open up. 
Um, we got a question. I don't remember if we did this or not. Tom says you look up on YouTube, but uh, did we do a film study on the on the first Browns Bengals game? I don't. I don't. Were, were we doing it there? Uh, no, I was not uh, in a great frame of mind that week personally. <laughs> okay, um, I, couldn't so, remember we did no. <laughs> I did not so, do film that week. Okay, I could. I could. I was trying to think. If we, I'm like, did we do it or not? I mean, he's asking the question. I'm like, I don't remember. Did not. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things I didn't do great that week in my life. <laughs> uh, uh, this is one cool. I, I love this. Rick the Rock says Samar J slammed Justin Reed Justin Reed's face in the turf so hard I thought he was going to get arrested for attempted murder today. How? I mean, I, well, let's real quick before we go to the next one. How? How good is Samarjay? Samajay, gotta say his name right. Samajay. How good is he playing right now? Is is it more confidence in himself or is it more confidence in the line? I think he could always do this. It's just he's playing the best he's ever played as in the bank as far as being a Bengal. So I think a lot of people are kind of running away with this idea that he's become this amazing running back. He's a average running back. Okay, he runs tough. He doesn't have a whole lot of wiggle to him. He doesn't have a whole lot of juice. He doesn't have breakaway anything to him. Um, he's smart. He knows how to grind, and he knows how to kind of produce an extra yard when it's not necessarily there. He's more the lunch pail worker running back to where Mixon's a little bit more flash and dash, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, um, I agree. I mean, I, I think Mixon is the better – Running back, when he comes back, he's going to be our, our RB1. He, he will. Um, P. Ryan's a fantastic NFL running back. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he is made to do one thing, and that is be a battering ram. Whether Punch. that is, yes, whether that is to get in the way of a pass rusher and stonewall him for a second, um, or, you know, surprisingly for his size, because 240 normally, especially at 5'10, isn't a great size for a pass catching back, but he does a decent job at that. Um, he's not a great running back by any stretch of the imagination. He's solid. Um, I think what you're seeing is he's incredibly fresh compared to Mixon. He does not have the miles that Mixon has. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what's good. I think about Mixon being out too. And, and the said- line is coming together. I mean, right. he's getting to benefit from a lot of different things right now. And the fact that Jamar's back. So, I mean, here, here's the deal. And this is what's really, really, really benefited Pirine, right? You cannot run a single high look against the safe against the Bengals right now. You will get murdered. So you have to have at least two or those three deep looks that we're seeing, right? If you're running two and three deep, that means there's maybe eight in the box. And if you're running 11 personnel, that means there's seven in the box. And if there's seven in the box, we always have an attached tight end almost without fail. Your line's blocking well. You've got an attached tight end. You've got six on six with one-on-one with P. Ryan, who just lowers the boom. It's finally starting to work, but he's not someone that, and I know his elusive rating's good, and his force missed tackles are decent. His force missed tackles are an average rate in the NFL right now. Um, Mixon just didn't have a great go to start the year, and it looks great comparatively speaking. Remember, everything needs to be treated in a vacuum, and everything needs to be treated relatively speaking. If you put P. Ryan's film up against Derrick Henry's or someone that's really, really good at making people miss, uh, he's going to look like an average back. Now, one thing everybody's got to quickly forgets for some reason, uh, the last game Mixon fully played in, the, he had five touchdowns. <laughs> 
So that's where I'm like, we're this is where me and Chandler get an argument. He says, Peter, I trust the line more. I said, No, I mix his trust in the line too. That's why I had five touchdowns. I mean, so they're it's coming they're together. They're different types of runners, though. Right. No, like, so P. Ryan fits much more of the gap power scheme that we've been running for about five or six weeks. Mixon fits much more of that inside zone scheme, which we tried to run for about the first eight weeks, and we just could not get our shit together. Right. Um, and they've kind of started going half and half and dialing back to inside zone a little bit, a little bit more duo than we were seeing like we were um, in the early parts of the season. I think people need to really understand that a lot of what you're seeing is a product of the fact that Joe is on fire, mm-hmm. slicing and dicing the ball wherever he wants to. Um, if you have to worry about, and keep in mind, I know some of these guys are hurt, but if you have to worry about Hurst and Higgins and Boyd and Chase all at the same time, the run game's an afterthought, especially in this type of league in the NFL. So when you're emptying the box and the line is coming together, just about anybody would look halfway decent right now. And he run, runs hard. That's yeah, the difference. But, so, but, I mean, he's, we, he finishes runs, he runs hard, and he's benefiting from a system that's opening up for him. And we do, we do have to give credit to T.P. Ryan. He is hitting, finds all, hits the hole as hard as he can. Oh, yeah. And, and and that's one thing that I think Joe wasn't doing at the beginning of the year. I think he started doing that, and then he got the concussion. So that, that to me, comes to where their tr- the line is gelling. They're trusting the line. They're trusting what they're seeing now, you know, mm-hmm. what the line is going to do. And that, to me, is the same thing with Joe. He's trusting what he's seen, trusting what the line is doing. There's these a guys have played together for four, so it, it's, it, it is a thing. There's probably 10 or 12 factors, honestly, going into why P. Ryan is having success right now, and it's not just because it's P. Ryan. Um, so I, I wish people would kind of dial back the Joe Mixon talk. And I know I have a reputation of, like, don't pay running backs and you don't necessarily need to run the ball, and that's true. I believe that. But at the same time, you have to understand that this entire offense is exploding all at the same time and defenses are kind of going, well, what do we want to die by? <laughs> and if you have to choose what you want to die by, it's by a thousand paper cuts, which is the run game. And the short intermediate media pass, passes. Right. Too. So they've taken away the deep ball, which they, they kind of have. Joe has not thrown nearly as many deep balls over the last five weeks as I'm sure he would want to. And that's evident in film. You can see it a couple times. He's patting the ball like, ah, shit, and checks it down. Um, But when you're running those deep umbrella coverages, like that deep three, and the next one I'm about to show you here in a second, the flats and the underneath stuff are going to be open. And as a byproduct, the run game is going to be open. So when you call two plays in the huddle and one's a run and Joe sees they're fucking bailing, of course I'm going to run the ball. And you're going to get four and five yards in time, especially if you block well. Uh, so yeah, here's the the next one. Uh, very similar setup to what we had the last time in terms of where guys are aligned. Um, By the way, just let everybody know. I, I see your comments. I'm just and I put them up while we got the the film on. It's it blocks it, so I'll I'll put put some more up after the film. We will get there. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer any question unless you don't want me to. I don't. Care. Um, it's up to you, brother. So again, you've got a hat on a hat. You've got a hat on a hat. You've got a hat on a hat. You've got a hat on a hat and you've got one guy that looks like he's playing deep. This would scream man in cover one again, but guess what? It's not. Um, When you start to roll this play and things start to develop, the first thing that you see and the things that quarterbacks are trained for are what did the safeties do? Well, we had one guy who was single high, and he's already vacated into the field side, deep half, 
Right. The guy that was walked up on Boyd, he's vacating into his deep half. Mm -hmm. Okay. This guy's running a bail technique, which his hips are turned and his eyes are looking at the quarterback. So, so. real quick, what is the point of this? What are they trying to stop the Bengals for? You said you said you got They're trying to get rid of the deep ball. Okay. All right. Okay. Which is I think I think that's what everybody's trying to do right now. Yep. So this and these guys can press up a little bit, right? Because right. he's he has help over the top here. These guys are locked up pretty hard right now, and he's got help over the top. So he knows even if he eats shit and bites it, mm -hmm. he's got help over the top, right? So he's also going to bail, and he's actually going to run his guy pretty far deep. So now you've got one, two, three in the middle of the field. This is a two high five under, which you could even call that a quarters trail technique if you really wanted to, which quarters is one, two, three, four. Um, and trail is when they're just kind of – going with the guy again no one's playing the flats they're giving the flat and five yards of underneath space every single time that was their goal in this game mm -hmm. all right so what does joe do well he knows they're not blitzing they're in zone and i trust my line right so i'm gonna sit here and wait and i'm gonna sit here and wait and i'm gonna sit here and wait okay well, what ends up happening is because they're running a crosser and crossers are how you really can screw up linebackers, right? We have a crosser here. Numb nuts is going to bite up because he kind of has to. Is that his, is that his official name? Numb nuts. It is right now. Well, <laughs> he has to, he has to bite up. Right. Right. In this guy, dummy number two did a terrible job of not getting hands on the receiver. He didn't do anything to impede him, slow him down, anything within the rules of play. He just kind of watched him. Okay. So what ends up happening is when he vacates his zone, we have a really, really smart receiver here who goes, ooh, and halts and stops right here because he's never going to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joe is just waiting because Joe trusts his receivers. Joe trusts his line. And Joe knows his receivers know where soft spots and zones are. We always hear about how tight ends or someone can sit down in a zone. Right. OK, all that happened was he's got a massive window to mm -hmm. throw this ball now. Right. There's not a single chief within the vicinity of Joe Burrow. Yep. When you get good protection, you can wait on some of these concepts to open up against them. Fits it right Bang. in. Bang. And you'll see it open up on the backside here, too. So, again. The Chiefs are showing an eight-man box. One, mm -hmm. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They only mm -hmm. rush four, so they bail right. all those guys out. They're trying to right. get in Burrow's head, and guess what? It's not working. He's smarter than that. Mm -hmm. So what He's you end up answer. having <laughs> – he does have the answer. You end up having your deep half, right? Yep. You end up having this guy really bailing into a deep half. I believe that's him. And then you have – Hook Is that numbnuts curl. number one or numbnuts number two? I, I don't know. They're all numbnuts at this point. <laughs> Woo! That was the wrong color. <laughs> I'm not going to say what that looks like. <laughs> so then we wait. We let it roll. Oh, no. This one? That's numbnuts number one. That's Justin ah. Reed. Oh, yes. There that's you go. That's asshole numero uno right now. <laughs> and he's really, really having to rely on his linebacker to do a good job, and he doesn't do a good job. Mm-hmm. With a run right by him. So first off, always give credit to your pocket when you can. Yep. Yep. Step up. Bang. 
and yeah. look, my phone screen. Um, so <laughs> it, it's just a matter of the, the, the thing that I always used to try and tell people to calm down about, especially when things were going wrong and people would say stuff like Zach Taylor's a bad play caller. At some point you need to let these plays develop mm-hmm. like that. If Burrow would have had less than two and a half seconds, that's a sack and everybody hates Zach Taylor for the play call. Right. Right. Nobody says anything because Joe has time to let it develop and, Hey, guess what? That is the right route combination and the right play call against that defense. At some point, you just need to let things play out, and a lot of it comes down to blocking. Zach's finally getting the blocking he needs for his playbook. Joe's finally getting the blocking he needs for his progressions. Mm -hmm. By the way, I don't know how much you look at the numbers for for protection rates, but I'll go ahead and pull it up here while I'm talking. Good. I do not like using pro football focus grades. So preface that right now. None of the guys that I have on here like them. I mean, Parker doesn't like them either. <laughs> so it's not the grades that I look at, but I look at their data. Okay. Because the data is not subjective like the grades are, right? Data is data. Data doesn't lie. Data doesn't bend the truth. Data is what it is. If I go to passing pressure, okay? And I look at a minimum 100 dropbacks, okay? They have a category for pressure per dropback, okay? So how frequent of your dropbacks are you being pressured? I'll share this screen because I've got it pulled up. Okay. Basically, what that tells me is how often are you being pressured? Not what the volume is because if you drop back, you might have more sacks than someone else. You know, if I drop back a hundred times and you drop back once, I'm probably still going to be sacked more than you, regardless of who has the better line. Right. Right. And nothing, nothing there is. So there we go. This is sorted by drop back percentage of under pressure. So top of the list, Justin Fields is pressured 46% of his dropbacks. That's not good. Where's Joe Burrow on that list? Down here somewhere. <laughs> Last in the AFC, mm. the least pressured quarterback in all of football. There you the go. Joe Burrow is only pressured on 26% of his dropbacks, which is the least pressured quarterback in the entire AFC. And that includes the first two weeks of the season where he was getting shit rocked. Really? Yes. Wow. If you take that out, he's down to like 20%. Hmm. He doesn't get touched anymore. Right. Well, and you could tell that by that, that last throw he made to seal the game to T. Higgins. I mean, that throw that he got popped right there, threw it. I still don't know how he got it in there because or how the DB didn't knock it down. It was right, it was right there. And and Joe about to get popped. So Joe is not doesn't have happy happy feet like people are saying at the beginning of the year. He doesn't he's not he's not seeing ghosts, he's not doing any of that stuff. Right. So he, he's just not pressured anymore. So when, when people say, oh, the Bengals O-line is starting to get it, he's the least pressured quarterback in the AFC. If that's starting to get it, mm-hmm. you're in fantastic shape moving forward. Hey, I'll, I'll put this up here quick by uh, Chandler. He goes, uh, maybe a hot take, but the only reason guys like Boyd and Hurst are seen as above average. Now, you're going to talk shit about Hurst. I'm going to have Kathy on tomorrow, so I thank you for this. But anyway, are seen as above average because of jackpot. He elevates guys around him, and people don't get it. Um, 
Can I can I disagree? Sure. <laughs> Am I allowed I mean, to disagree? Uh, Tyler Boyd, by every metric, was a top ten slot receiver in the NFL before Joe Burrow got here. If anything, his production's dropped since Burrow's been here, and that's because you have Higgins and Chase. Um, remember, Boyd was a thousand yard receiver when he had Jeff Driscoll part time during that last Andy Dalton season. So it, it's not like Tyler Boyd is some scrub out there. Now, one thing, uh, Rick the Rocky says, uh, Joe Montana, Joe Burrow, two humble Joes that do their talking on the field. Now, one thing, I, I want to get this out there. And I look, I said, you guys can call Joe whatever you want. But one thing I would prefer you to not call him is Joe Cool. Because, like I said, I'm old. Joe Cool was Joe Montana. Right. Joe Montana beat us for two Super Bowls. So, please, call him anything other than that. Please, for the love of God, do not call him Joe Cool. That's freaking Joe Montana. I don't want to be reminded of that guy, even though I know they work together with Guinness and all that stuff. But sorry, that's something that's been bugging me that he keeps getting Joe Cool. Like, please I, stop I hear him. it every once in a while, and Joe Cool is the first thing that comes to mind, too. I'm like, please stop calling him that. I'm like, that's, that's like, I said, like I said, I'm old. And I'm like, I, I call them the Sucky Niners. I still dislike hmm. them. Can I can I give you a, another stat that's going to just blow your mind about Joe Burrow? Because it's oh, yeah. one of those things where I tell people, to really appreciate what you're watching. And I'm not sure people really do yet. I know we all think he's great and he's good. And we're all in love with Joe Burrow right now. And we're in this infatuation stage. Right. Um, and hopefully it keeps up for the next 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to qualify for uh, like all time stats, right. You need to have a minimum of 1500 pass attempts. Okay. Joe Burrow will have that probably by the end of the year. He's sitting around 13 or 1350 right now. He only needs like three or four more games and he'll hit it. Once he hits 1500 pass attempts, assuming he just keeps doing what he's doing because it's nothing exponential, right? right? Um, He'll effectively have a all-time completion percentage of about 68 and a half percent or whatever it is, right? $50 bet for an MVP. Yeah, truly. I, 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 this, I think I got the same bet. I, think we're both, um, I, know, I don't know if it's 50 bucks. I know you both bet on that. But um, assuming Joe Burrow does what Joe Burrow does um, for the next 200 pass attempts or whatever it is, he will have the highest completion percentage in the history of the NFL once he registers. There you go. So when people are like, oh, he's accurate, I'm like, you don't understand how damn accurate he is. <laughs> okay, just look at that last throw. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I right. just – Anyway, Crip Crip has a disagreement here with you. He said, now, now, Miles, I think everyone saw the end of round coming a mile away that Carlos Dunlap play. Zach is sometimes bad at play calling, situational play calling. What do you got on that? So Burrow called that play, first and foremost, not Zach. And how do you know that? Uh, Because they're given two plays in the huddle and Burrow checked into it. All right. They do this. That means play number two. Now, you can argue he got that play from Zach. But Zach doesn't call the run plays either. That's Brian Callahan and um, uh, Frank Pollock are the run game coordinators. So that did not come from Zach. Um, Zach will give them the pass play, and then the run play comes in conjunction with quite a few people. Um, As opposed for Carlos Dunlap, um, there was not a missed block on that. That's kind of how that's supposed to go. At some point, you look at the defense and say, that was a hell of a play. Um, And here's the thing, because I coached defense for a little while, not – at a high level or anything, but enough to where I should understand the basics. 
Uh, if you are a situation to where you are a defensive end and you are sitting, I think he was in a five technique on that play. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but I think he was a five tech. Your job is to crash like everybody else did. So if I've got five guys kind of crowded in the middle in the tackle box and four of them crashed and one guy shot all the way upfield, he didn't do his assignment. Right. You need to anticipate the guys are going to do what they're supposed to do. He freelanced on that play and he blew it up. Credit to Carlos. You know, that's one of those instinctual plays that like we always used to say about Troy Polamalu. Oh, my God. You know, he just has great football instincts. That's what that was. Uh, as for Zach Taylor, wasn't necessarily his play call. Burrow checked into it. You're given two plays at the line. One's a short pass. And then when you have um, what's called a, a jammed front or a, a crunched front where everybody's going to crash, you typically run an outside zone. So, yeah, it was going to be an outside zone. Would I have necessarily done an end around to Trent Taylor? I don't know. Everybody likes to bitch about it, but it's the play that beat us in the Super Bowl with Cooper Cup. So it's worked for other teams. <laughs> There you go. So keep that in mind. It works. Uh, sometimes someone just makes a play. Yeah. There we go. Fire Zach. He's laughing. He's kidding. <laughs> I was on that front two years ago. So I, 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 the only time I ever wavered on Zach was the ending game against Baltimore 2020 when they just flatly did it the last game. I was just like, are you serious? That's the only time I ever wavered. That, but, that's where I was about done. Yeah. Um, I, but then as, uh, that, uh, he's he. I, I love Zach Taylor. <laughs> like I'm a huge Zach Taylor fan, so I'm 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 all in on him. I, I've defended his play calling on here multiple times, a- and the thing that I think, and this is the thing that I think is more important of being a head coach, is creating the right atmosphere and the locker room. And I know people say, you know, you you win, yeah, you have good good locker room. They had a good locker room when they were losing. They did. So that, that's where I'm like, that's that's not always true. You can be, you can have a, a good locker room and you, you don't play good. You know that, but that is the building block because you can, because you can hear it when. What changed everything for this team is beating the Steelers on that Monday night, Monday night game. Von well, Bell blowing up Juju Smith. That was definitely the. Statement. That that was probably where the momentum finally swung the other direction. Uh, but this team's always fought for Zach. Mm-hmm. So if yes. people say they don't like Zach, that's a load of that's, shit. That's not true. That's uh, <laughs> not go, true. Go back to the first game against Seattle. They fought their ass off in that game. And quite frankly, they should have yeah. got their ass kicked. The very first game that he coached? Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember. Because I still remember I was, wa- I was sitting right over there. I was watching the game with my wife. And I'm looking going, this is the Bengals? Like, wow. I said, we're fighting hard. And we were playing good. We could have won the game. It was it was a close game. And I'm like, all right, I kind of like this. <laughs> like, this is there, cool. There have been a few and far between games that the Bengals have just been completely outmatched. Um, and if there's one a game or one a year, so be it. You know, I mean, they, they for whatever reason, with the Browns, they, they've kind of had a mental block and they've struggled there. Um, I'm trying not to give the excuse that they had a coach die right before the game that throws off the mojo of the team, but. I mean, I, I, I've had family members die and had to go to work that morning, and it's not easy. And I wasn't on national television either. So um, I, I'm going to say that that game goes a lot different this time around. Uh, it's at home. You've got Chase back. The, the momentum is just so different. I, I, I don't see any way in God's name that they don't at least look competent in that game against Cleveland. 
Well, the other big thing that we have back is DJ. We're going to have yep. DJ. And he makes a huge – I'm going to bang that drum. But DJ Reader makes everything work for that defense. He just does. He is a huge run stopper, especially going against a team like Cleveland. Where what they want to do – if Deshaun Watson plays as bad or maybe, let's say, a smidge better than he did last week, they're going to have to run the ball. And, I mean, that's grab DJ's alley. So that's where, you know, uh, uh, the rock here, he's got a question. He goes, uh, who do you think would win right now, the Eagles or the Bengals? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I I have a lot of respect for what Philadelphia is doing. Um, They, Philadelphia has done what I always wished a team would do, and that is – just the, the simplistic approach of there's no perfect defense, read it and go where they're not. Um, and that's kind of what the Bengals are starting to do. Um, but Philly, and I'm not trying to slight the Bengals with this, that this mm-hmm. is because I think the Bengals weapons are just up there with everybody else. Um, Philly's so dynamic, especially with the, the running dynamic that their quarterback has, right. Um, that it's one other thing that you have to account for. And they run a lot of RPOs and they run a lot of shit off Jalen hurts mm-hmm. that the Bengals just can't do with Joe Burrow. And it's not a slight to Joe Burrow. They're just different types it's of quarterback quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's so still, the, still they, the Eagles are running a college offense at an NFL level of efficiency. And it's very scary. Um, I don't know who would win. I don't know how Lou would approach that game plan. Um, I can't imagine that they would just throw bombs against us. I, I think that probably what would happen is they would go kind of what they did with the Chiefs and to an effect what they're probably going to do with the Bills, which is I'm going to take away the deep shot and I'm going to make you go 15 plays and drive down the field because at some point you're going to stub your toe on a fumble or a deflected pass or a holding penalty or an OPI or there's going to be something that derails your drive. And when you do that, not only – do you increase the chances of them having a self-imposed wound? Uh, but you also limit the amount of possessions they're going to have because they're not going to have quick scores. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bengals understand that. So it would come down to can the Bengals be efficient on the back end on offense? Um, and Philly's got a damn good defense from what I understand. I haven't got to watch them yet. I've heard they're pretty damn good. So I'm just kind of going off of, you know, yeah, i noise. I think I've seen like I saw the Monday night game. The Eagles. I think I might be the only one I actually got, I've actually watched. Yeah. So it's um, you would kind of have to play contain all around the field and just make them dink and dunk you the whole time and hope they stub their toe. Exactly. That's that's going to be the only way to beat the Eagles. If you try to get aggressive against them, they will fuck you up. <laughs> just the best way to play. Either way, it's going to be a good game. And who knows? Maybe maybe might be a Super Bowl preview. Well, who knows? I I have no idea. Either way, Pintori, you've been on for fifty eight over fifty eight minutes. I I appreciate it. I know you got rally on tonight. Uh, you got a pretty cool guest on tonight. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Yeah, so we got Cam Miller on tonight, who's a local filmographer, does a lot of documentaries. He's going to be on discussing uh, Riverfront Remembered, which is his film that he just put out about Riverfront Stadium. A lot of sights and sounds from the past, and uh, we're really going to be diving into um, kind of how he made it and you know what his background is, what his influences are, stuff like that. Um, so if you're into film and you're into Cincinnati sports history, he's the guy. I highly recommend giving him a follow uh, and, you know, Maybe giving us a watch tonight and see what what, what, uh, time, what time are you gonna be on. Uh, Thirty minutes, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. All right. So make sure you guys, uh, if you get off here, go jump on rally and go watch watch those guys. Cincy James, God love him, has tried his ass off to get uh, Kayla or Kay Adams on the show, but 
I Apparently, know. K, K's got a big time, big time us all of us, and, and going uh, Bengal Gym show. So, <laughs> say love you. Exactly. Anyway, Santori, appreciate you, brother. I was hey, you. I'll see you Sunday. You're gonna be at the game, right? Um, I have a ticket if I want it. I need to. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's oh. it's fifty fifty. Uh, no, that means that means yes. Means if you, I look, decide you to have go. to come down to Lot B, and I have to give you a big hug again, like I did this past Sunday. We, we won. I got to keep doing the same thing. Okay, so I need to park at Newport, get an Uber, <laughs> get dropped off right in front of Moreland Logger House, walk into Lot B, and then wiggle my way over down to Bengal uh, Bomb Squad. Squad. Yeah, that's that's what I do all the time. Okay, you got it, you got it, you got it. Perfect. You got it. we got a plan. All right, we're good. All, <laughs> all right, right. so I appreciate you, brother. Who day? Who day? All right, guys. As always, I say this every single time, but I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did because I do. I enjoy the hell out of that. I think Centauri does a really good job. He's very knowledgeable. He knows what the hell he's talking about. And like I said, if you go to go to Blind Tiger next week, or if you want to uh, uh, tweet out uh, Bengals and Bourbon, he was sitting next to Tyler. Tyler was excuse me, sitting next to Centauri. Centauri was calling the plays out. I mean, so. And I've sat next to Centauri while we're watching games for him. He knows what he's talking about. I'm, I call him before it even happens most times. So he's a really good follow on Twitter. He's a really good dude. He's one of my buddies. So go check him and the boys out at Rally. Got Crazy Ass Greg, Bengal Dad, Cincy James. All of them are going to be on there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will be definitely tuning in because I love Cincinnati sports history. And Riverfront Stadium was the stadium I grew up watching the Bengals and Reds, Reds in. So. I always like it. All right, so let's get to Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. And if you're not members of these groups, please join them. They are Houday Nation, Houday Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then as always, you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenable, which I am over 3,000 followers, so I Appreciate that. Thank you very much. TikTok, I'm over a thousand on there too. Again, appreciate that. Um, YouTubers, we're at 1,986 subs. That is awesome. Trying to get to 2,000 subs. So if you follow me on TikTok, you follow me on Facebook, you follow me on Twitter, you follow me wherever you watch the show, but you just haven't subscribed, why the hell not? <laughs> Please do. Please subscribe to the show. Try to get me to 2,000 subs. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, yesterday was the first time I put the show back on the podcast. <laughs> in a couple months. So if you missed any of yesterday's show, you don't have time to sit and watch it for an hour. It's on the podcast. So it's on Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review on Apple uh, Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Today's show will be up there. Hopefully I'll get it up there like within the next hour or so. So if you guys are working at night like I do and you want to listen to it or during the day, going, going to work in the morning, check it out. Or if you just want to re-listen to it, I'd appreciate that too. Other than that, today is Wednesday. We got three days. Three days. I cannot wait. We're going to be in the jungle. And I can, after this game, I can shut all these stupid Browns fans up that are coming after me. And, oh, he has a lot beat the, the Browns yet. Oh, I'm like, yes. I'm going to take a clip from Zim Hude, my boy. He said this on Rally when he was on their show earlier this week. We know, Browns fans, we know this is your Super Bowl. We know this is the game you are circled because you got nothing left. You haven't won a damn thing since you came back in 99. 
The only thing you got over is yes, you've beat us. Joe Burrow hasn't beat you. That's it. So we understand it's your Super Bowl. It's not that big of a deal to us, but we, we're going to win. So we'll just brush you off our shoulder like we've done everybody else. And you guys can go out to Cleveland and just stay there. You can have fun with your crappy-ass quarterback that you got. And I'm not just going to leave it at that. Your crappy-ass city. Because remember, as my boy, Jeremy Dimebag Dean likes to say, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. And that's your sports, baby. See ya! Yeah, we got him. Yeah, we got him.